Did you hear the news? Metro PCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long. All on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions. Blog Talk Radio. the Nurtured Heart Approach November 2018 podcast. I am Stephanie Rule, your host for today, and our topic this month is Connecting Cross-Culturally, Stories from Different Perspectives. My guests and I will discuss how the Nurtured Heart Approach can bridge across different cultures and communities. We would love for you to subscribe to our NHA podcast through iTunes or Blog Talk Radio so you can receive notifications about new episodes every month. You can find the Children's Success Foundation on social media by searching CSS is Greatness. You can explore our website, childrensuccessfoundation.com, to find a trainer near you, or if you're ready to notch up your understanding of NHA to even deeper levels, you can register for our upcoming Certification Training Intensive, or CTI, in Tucson this January. Registration is now open on our website. Before we jump into our discussion for today, I would like to take just a quick minute to introduce myself and today's guest. I am Stephanie Rule, a trained school counselor and advanced trainer in the Nurtured Heart Approach. I work for the Children's Success Foundation to steward the work of the Nurtured Heart Approach around the world. I am a wife and a mother of two creative, caring, and loving children, and all together we live in a Nurtured Heart household. Now, I'm very excited to introduce my special advanced trainers for the day. And our first guest is Viviana Barajas. Viviana is a first-generation Mexican-American who was born and raised in California. She earned her bachelor's degree in human development at UC San Diego and received her master's in educational counseling from California State University, Stanislaus. She is the proud mother of two amazing boys and has always had a passion for helping underserved populations and for finding opportunities to promote positive relationships. Experience includes early childhood education, nonprofit community work, domestic violence and sexual assault advocacy, early intervention and prevention services for children and families, foster youth advocacy, residential treatment facility training and support, and program development. For the past six years, Viviana has been working exclusively to integrate the Nurtured Heart Approach into school from Head Start to higher education and agency settings and has had a successful independent consulting business for the past three years. Viviana has created a Nurtured Heart Approach Mental Health High School course for teens, and she is the creator of Greatness Project, a nonprofit organization in the making to provide a platform for youth to share this life-changing method of NHA with other youth and adults. Her Greatness Project includes youth who are homeless, displaced, in the foster care system, as well as recently released from juvenile detention centers and in an alternative educational setting. For the past two years, she has led parent workshops for resource kinship families in Stanislaus County, including CASA workers, social workers, residential treatment staff, 
teachers, counselors, administrators, families, and community partners. She has professionally trained over 12,000 students, thousands of adult professionals, and hundreds of parents in San Joaquin and surrounding counties with no plans to slow down. Welcome, Viviana. Thank you so much, Stephanie. It's such a pleasure to have you here. I'm very happy and humbled that I was invited. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. So our second guest for today is Duran Lee Harley Sr. Duran is a public speaker, trainer, program director, and pastor. He was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and by the age of nine, Duran began preaching in his local church. A short time afterwards, he began speaking through the local tri-state area. Duran was educated in the Philadelphia public school system and furthered his education at Ursinus College, where he graduated with a BA in communications while minoring in sociology. Professionally, Duran serves as the director of Camden Dreams, a permanent living support program for young adults between the ages of 18 and 25. He also has the privilege to train educators, social workers, youth workers, professionals, and parents in the Nurtured Heart approach. He is the proud founder of One Like, One Comment. Through this brand, Duran has hosted many conferences and seminars, speaking at many churches, high schools, colleges, and nonprofit organizations. Duran is married to his college sweetheart, Jennifer Harley, and they are the proud parents of Duran Harley Jr., Liana Elaine Harley, and their bonus daughter, Grace. He resides in Williamstown, New Jersey, and continues to spread love wherever he goes. Welcome, Duran. Oh, I am so excited to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm excited uh, that you're here, let's too. Get this, right. this is just an honor to have the two of you here with me today, and I just want to um, take a quick second to appreciate you guys taking the time and finding places to be quiet so that you can sit here and have this great conversation about Nurtured Heart to share with the world. So thank you. All thank right, you, you guys. So we do have listeners who are new to the Nurtured Heart Approach, and I really like to share with them what the Nurtured Heart Approach is before we dive into our discussion about using the Nurtured Heart to connect with all people across, across cultures. So I define NHA differently every time, which I believe is basically part of the beauty of the Nurtured Heart Approach because it really helps us to live and be in the moment and so this time, I think I would like to define Nurtured Heart as a way of building relationships and connecting with other human beings. It's a way to reach past our outer shells and get to the truth of the moment, the truth of who we are on the inside. NHA provides us with the tools we need to begin seeing life through a different lens, a lens with a positive focus rather than a negative focus, which then helps us to reach the hearts of and build inner wealth in people of all different ages and from all different cultures. So let's dive into our discussion um, about bringing the bridging, sorry, the cultural divide using NHA. And I'd like to start off this conversation with a quick story and reference to the Japanese culture and how the Nurtured Heart Approach supports this particular culture. A colleague of ours, Reiko Yamamoto, who is a Nurtured Heart Approach advanced trainer from Japan, has given me permission to share with all of you a piece of what it was like for her to bring Nurtured Heart back to her country of origin. And this is what she says, bringing NHA to a foreign country can be a daunting task. 
When Japanese audiences first are introduced to it, they sometimes have negative reactions because they feel it sounds so foreign to them. They may even feel it goes against their core values and beliefs regarding what it takes to be successful. She then went on to say that the culture in Japan is in many ways opposite from NHA principles. Traditional Japanese culture emphasizes improvement through looking for what is wrong and correcting it with strict discipline. However, this approach has led to many serious societal pro problems in Japan, including students who refuse to attend school, shut-ins, or a social phobia resulting in living with their parents until their 40s and 50s, as well as a high suicide rate and low self-esteem, even compared with other Asian countries. Reiko then continued to discuss how her awareness of these social problems has strengthened her desire to keep presenting NHA as an alternative. She believes that NHA can help a society heal and bring its members to a higher consciousness. And in closing, Reiko discusses how the nurtured heart approach is a universal truth. So, Viviana and Duran, I would love to hear how Reiko's story resonates with you and how it may be similar or different to the experiences that you guys have had in sharing NHA with your culture and community. Who would like to jump in first? I can start. Um, okay. I love that last line um, that I heard about it being universal. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I, you know, like you said in your definition of the nurtured heart approach, I strongly agree that it is about, you know, it's about relationships and getting to the core of and seeing the core of who we are as humans. Um, and I think mm -hmm. that that translates across all cultures. Um, and that being said, I think that, you know, first of all, I'm not speaking for everyone who's, you know, Latina um, or Hispanic because I can only speak through um, my experience. Um, uh, living as a Hispanic woman um, in a Hispanic you know, family and, and area of, of California. Um, so certainly not speaking for everybody. But from my experience in my culture, um, it's, we, we have that, you know, Latinas are very fiery. Um, that, that tends to be true. We're fiery in the way that we love and the way that we live. Um, so we have that, a lot of that passion and a passion mm -hmm. for our families. So I, I, I see that, you know, um, that's something that we all have in common and how do we go about it? And I think that's one of the ways that we can be, you know, different is how do we go about showing that passion? Um, I know growing up, sure, there's a lot of like, la changla de us. And if anyone's listening right now that um, is of my culture, they're probably laughing because la changla is, is universal and, uh, for us. And that's um, our mother's shoe or slipper. When we act up, you get la changla. Um, thrown at you, then you have to bring it back to your parent. Um, every classroom I've ever spoken to um, where there's Hispanic students, and that's basically the population that I've been serving, um, immediately that's the icebreaker. As soon as I say, mm -hmm. oh, should I throw, you know, should I throw la changla, or and then they start laughing. And, you know, it's very different. This approach is very different than, you know, the ways that, you know, that we grew up in that mm -hmm. instead of fear, right, like, oh, here comes, like, la llorona, which you know, people know that story as well, or here comes, you know, it was kind of like ruling by fear, <laughs> but in a loving mm -hmm. way. Um, so it's just, it's interesting to, to think of, you know, what Reiko said culturally about working hard and finding what's wrong and fixing it. And, you know, how I grew up with, 
you know, fear, like you better do the right thing or something bad's going to happen to you with love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind <laughs> of what my initial reactions are to that story. Right. So you can, you can, you can connect with what Reiko's story was, is what I'm hearing. Right. Well, there's that universality of, of, you know, being seen for being human. And I think that, you know, passionately as humans, we want to raise, you know, children that are successful. And I think we, sometimes we go about it different ways. And, right. you know, for me, I, I saw a lot of, you know, little criticism and fear, um, but that passionate love always um, in the background mm-hmm. that, you know, allows mm-hmm. us to grow. And, you know, I am who I am because of, of who my family is and because of who I've surrounded myself with. So there was always that strand of love there. Um, but, you know, I, I've done without the threatening to my children. I don't need to threaten that I'm going to throw a shoe across the room. Um, mm-hmm. to get them mm-hmm. to show their best selves because we all know that we can get that quite easily when we call out what's going right. So right. that's something that my family, um, you know, has learned since I've started using the approach. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my, my mom immediately noticed, like, wow, my life would have been different had I been raised like this. So I think mm-hmm. it, you know, goes to show that even though we have these patterns and, you know, cultural patterns that – of interacting with our families that the universal truth is that we would all fare better <laughs> if right. we had the tools um, to, to really see one another and without the lectures, without the threats, without fear, um, you know, without thinking we're not going to be successful, but just, you know, purely with love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, that your story, Viviana. Duran, I want to hear your voice and hear what it's been like for you and how you can connect or not connect with this story that Rico shared and Viviana. Absolutely. And I just want to, you know, honor you, Viviana, for sharing such, uh, <laughs> with such passion and even, you know, some transparency with, you know, some, some would consider, you know, it could be a norm or a social norm. I, I mean, I can identify with that listening to both your story and the story that was um, read earlier and that the translation of nurtured heart is very crucial. Um, you know, when you first start speaking in this manner, you know, I heard in the story uh, she was saying it was kind of hard to integrate it. At first there was some resistance. There was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there was some kind of second questioning about, hey, what's this system all about? I mean, I get it. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, listening to, you know, I heard about the slipper, um, there's also the belt, the switch, um, you know, the whatever is in my, you know, arms radius. Um, and that, and that we grow up like uh, with that being a norm, a social right. norm, right. even to the point where, you know, I've said often in my life, you know, I, I was appreciative of, you know, my mother and father and uh, thanking me. I was appreciative. And I and, and they're part of me, and this is what I love about Nurture Hearts, there's uh, a section in there which we explicitly state that we're not pointing fingers. We're not finding fault with how, mm-hmm. you know, you're in, how you use the tools or how the tools <laughs> were used on you. But, um, but people just use what they knew. And what I found right. in beginning to express and teach and train individuals in this is that resistance of, okay, let's say here, uh, Brother Man, uh, what you're saying right now, goes against what I know to be acceptable. 
and um, and I and I can identify with such. You know, I I have the privilege of of teaching and training this to people of all sorts. You know, I uh, in my life I've been a foster care director. When I first uh, was introduced to Nurtured Heart, I was director of, of foster care. Um, since then, I've directed a workforce development program, and right now with the Center for Family Services, which I've been with this entire time. I'm now uh, directing a program with 18 to 25-year-olds living on premises and in the community. And every one of them, for the most part, let me not, you know, uh, generalize or centralize the experience, but for the most part, um, all of them have grown up with, you know, negativity being the thing that gets the most energy. And when you teach something different, you see the light bulb go off. You see it. But, and, and I know we'll get into this a little bit later, and uh, for the sake of not just wearing out this time, um, I think there's something to be said with remaining authentic in the approach and teaching the approach with authenticity because, as I heard in that story, when you, if, if it comes across as something you're forcing upon yourself or something that seems scripted, people won't be as receptive. And what I found is I'm never blaming but I'm always teaching, and that has helped me um, in so many ways integrate it in my own life and train others. Mm. Absolutely. I'm hearing such a, com- uh, a very common thread between the three of you, including Reiko, um, Reiko's story about just how we all have, all cultures, all societies and communities, whatever it might be, has have social norms. And um, that universal truth that Nurtured Heart Approach speaks can go beyond all of the social norms, social norms to bring us to that common ground of being human beings and all wanting to ha- all having like Viviana, you mentioned, you know, we all have the same desire, which is as parents or as, you know, um, adult members of a community, our desires are to bring our children up in a, in such a way that they can then turn and give back to the community and, and, become these healthy human beings that um, are successful in every, every possible way they can be successful. Um, and so Nurtured Heart, what I'm hearing is that vehicle that brings us to that commonality that we all share. And I love what, Jaron, I love what you said about the authenticity piece, um, teaching authentically from you as you from your perspective and your experience like Viviana how you mentioned as well that you you wanted to speak only from your own personal experience and not of course for an entire culture of people um Mm -hmm. I think that that's a part of that authenticity that Duran mentioned absolutely absolutely Absolutely. I love how you even said that that nurture heart is a vehicle because I think it 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 is um, when, when you think about what a vehicle is, it it doesn't necessarily mean that the land is going to always be smooth, but the vehicle is built to get you over those obstacles. And I believe that um, whether it be a cultural norm, social norm, whether it be any kind of uh, other thing that might stop one from getting to that destination, just got to be able to trust the vehicle, not so much mm. the land. And I think and I think um, you know trusting the vehicle has helped us, no pun intended or pun intended, land more often than not when we talk to people. Yes. Lovely. I like that. 
I would also really love to hear if you guys, I know, um, Duran, you started talking about that resistance piece. Um, if you have anything else to share about resistance of getting past those cultural norms or societal norms, whatever it might be, um, with bringing Nurtured Heart to a, com a specific community, I would love to hear any more of, about that that either of you could share. I mean, I, mean, I could go on for, for hours, so I'm going to reserve space because we know we have so many, you know, two esteemed guests on here. Uh, but what I will say is uh, the initial resistance really initially came from me. Um, I often tell the story when I do the training that, you know, I am a, a black man from North Philadelphia um, and currently working in Camden, New Jersey. Um, both places have their own, you know, themes, titles, et cetera, et cetera. So you got to understand I'm coming from a North Philly experience, and I take an airplane one day, uh, thanks to our COO here, Eileen, you know, who wouldn't mind me sharing her name. She sends me on a flight um, to go here. And when I uh, get on the flight, I am flying to Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> and I'm flying to Arizona, and I'm sitting in a place where, uh, no offense, uh, should be taken by the statement where people don't look like me learning this technique. And as I'm learning mm -hmm. this technique, I'm in, I'm in a room and uh, some would say it looked like, you know, I could have been in the sunken place. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm in a place and everybody, again, when, we, when you meet, uh, uh, when you meet all those who live this, it was such joy. It was such adoration. People are clapping at us. People were, you know, just saying like, you know, great, Things about it, it was almost too overwhelming. Uh, mm. I called. I, I jokingly said I called home and I was like, "Listen, mom, I don't know if I just joined a cult unaware, but you know, <laughs> pray that I get home safely. Pray I get home safely." And as I, uh, but that was day one. And when I realized how authentic people were to this approach, I I became sold on it. So flying back to Philadelphia and Jersey, uh, what I flew back with was. I understood how I overcame my own resistance to it and that I could live it. You know, immediately, first day I was able to call home and, you know, begin to speak with my to my children, my wife, with such adoration, authentic uh, authentic acknowledgement and using the techniques that we had learned. But it, it became not that I was, you know, following a script. I started living mm -hmm. it. So when I, when I began teaching it, I, one thing I understood was that individuals – will not um, initially latch on as fast or they won't resist as hard as I did. So how you get over it is your own voice. I often say if you if you come to one of the trainings I'm able to do, I'm pretty sure uh, that, you know, as any trainer could say, that my, my trainings might not be like everyone else's because, again, there's certain words maybe I'm not necessarily talking about juicy this. I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, um, you know, uh, it, you know, changing my voice or my candor or anything about me. It is just who I am. So, you know, when I'm doing Nurture Heart and I'm speaking and training people, I might say, listen, dude, you know, I see the fact that you came here today and sat there and gave me eye contact. That gave me all the confidence in the world to know that you were going to listen to me today. It begins mm -hmm. to break through barriers because I'm not changing who I am. So how mm -hmm. you get through the resistance of it uh, is using the approach to teach the approach, and to even get through the obstacles of it. So if you, and then I'll digress with this, 
if you see that a particular audience is resisting, and let's say, you know, they're an urban audience, and when I mean urban, that's, a, that's not just black, that's Latino, that's white, they come from a certain, cut from a certain cloth, you don't now go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in this room, I'm going to wear my hat backwards, I'm going to, you know, speak about music I don't know to try to win them over. No, 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 no. You're immediately going to get resistance. But when you walk in a room right. being who you are, as authentically as you as you are, and when they're and they're resisting and you're continuing to use the approach to show them how much you appreciate them, even asking you questions and doubting, because you can appreciate the doubt because the doubt says that they want to learn. So how I've gotten through the resistance is just honestly, and I, and I mean this with all sincerity, is remaining me throughout the process. You'll have people come to you during while you're teaching go, hey, you know, I didn't want to raise my hand, but, you know, how, do you, how, does, it, how does it work here? How does it work there? And just be you, and you'll find that people will um, come to the, the truth that it's better to notice the positive and give your energy to that. No one, and, I, and I'm not saying this just because I'm a trainer, but it's very rare that I come across someone who doesn't recognize that to be true. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I love how, um, Deron, how you're speaking to this authenticity. I think that's kind of the thread. I think it's so very important for um, there to be more trainers that represent diverse backgrounds and cultures and upbringings because that is how we spread this message. The fact that I have grown up with Chinese being thrown at me um, <laughs> connects me to my audiences. You know, when I have training specifically in uh, the Hispanic community, um, there is really no resistance. And I think that comes from connection. When you feel connected to the person that's speaking, when you feel, wait, she's starting by admitting that she screams a lot in the morning, like her loud mom, you know, Mexican mother, like, who my friends always thought my mom was mad, and I'm like, no, that's her regular voice. Like, she just screams all the time. Um, <laughs> so I think that it really is helpful, like every, you know, parent training that I've done um, in Spanish, I feel that connection is there, so there isn't, there's that feeling of safety, and when you feel safe, then you let go of, you know, those, you know, feeling defensive or feeling like you are too different or feeling like your story won't match someone else's experience. And so I, I start out by being myself. And, and through my experience, experiences, they, we find, oh, like this woman knows what it's like. You know, she's been there. And I think that's the most helpful part. And, and this is why we need trainers of, of different backgrounds to bring that to the table because I think that is what breaks through resistance is here's someone who's not shaming us. Here's someone who I can say, oh, this is how I grew up or this is how I treat my kids. Um, and then we have conversations. Um, it's, you know, for me, training, I've done so many trainings with, you know, in, in English and also um, exclusively in Spanish. And the beautiful thing about the Hispanic community is our trainings, um, when we do them just in Spanish, become more of a conversation. Instead of me, you know, speaking and everyone, you know, politely being quiet, I, I find that we're, like, still on, you know, slide 15. We haven't gotten to recognition yet, and everyone is just opening their hearts and, and sharing how, you know, and crying even. Um, it becomes mm-hmm. very emotional very quickly because it's almost like I open the door or the gates for them to say, I yeah. haven't wanted to do it this way, but this is the way that it's been done, and this is what we know, and we we don't want to hurt our children, and this makes sense. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, 
you know, speaking a little bit to what uh, Duran was saying, maybe a little resistance from the male, you know, the, that stereotypical, um, you know, macho um, Hispanic male. Um, I mean, I haven't seen too much of that, but that is, if I am going to talk about resistance. Um, and again, that goes to what's expected, <laughs> what's expected, you know, culturally and, and societally, like what roles that these men you know, mm-hmm. feel like they have to stand in. But even with that, there comes so much, um, you know, growth and, and the men sharing. Like when a man can stand up and say, like, this is, I, I want to cry and I want to hold my, my child's hand. And just beautiful mm. moments come from, from that. But I, I do believe that we all, like like Jerron said, I have never met someone to say that this is not truth. Right, that when we shed all these layers of feeling like we have to stand in this role that we've been told that the, the truth underlies is, is that, which is relationship and, and love. This is such a beautiful conversation. I am in awe right now. And I'm just thinking about how in my definition that I shared of Nurtured Heart, how I talked about how Nurtured Heart helps us to get to the truth of who we are on the inside. And that's exactly what you guys are talking about right now. And um, I just think it's, it's, it's touching and it's um, that interconnected interconnectedness of humans is, is on such a deep soul level. Um, and if we can get through that outer shell, um, you know, which can be those societal norms, those cultural norms, if we can get through those, those, those roles that we think, we've been placed in, in, um, in our lives, we can get past those, get through those, get deeper, um, which is again, that vehicle of nurtured heart. That's what takes us past those, through those, gets us deeper to that, the truth of who we are on the inside. Um, so this conversation is enlightening to me because it's not, it's not infrequent that people ask, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can bring this to my culture. I don't know if it's going to work. Um, and, this is this podcast will be a really fabulous resource for for people when they're questioning that to listen to what you guys have shared to what we've all discussed and Reiko's words um, are just really um, enlightening in the in in the sense that nurtured heart truly is that universal truth it really is it it it, it can bring us to that uni- universal truth Lovely. I appreciate sharing all of your your stories and your wisdom and your experiences um and you know that authenticity piece is so very true and real we cannot teach from any perspective other than our own authentic self and the second we step out of our authentic self not just teaching but living you know um we become false we become we become disconnected from who we are on the inside. So um, I just really appreciate that this discussion about the um, teaching and being authentic. I think it's really quite beautiful. Absolutely. I agree. (laughs) Absolutely. So um, I would like to hear, we have a few more minutes before we have to end our conversation for today. And I'd like to hear a little bit about uh, your experiences with teaching recognition. Um, I guess what I'd like to know is if you guys have had, uh, have found that 
teaching active recognition versus experiential recognition versus um, creative recognition or proactive recognition? Which one has been easier to translate across cultures or have they all been easy? Um, <clears throat> okay. I, I, I'll say it like this, if you don't mind me starting. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe that part of the record, the, the belief in recognition, and I'm going to be honest with you, it, it comes down to a point where you start living this, where you won't, you can't almost identify which sort of recognition you're doing. I think when it right. really comes down to the recognitions, mm-hmm. it's really about, again, not just to wear that word out, but when it comes to authenticity, living it, breathing it in. I mean, honestly, if, if you ask me on an off day what recognition I'm doing, I'm, and I, I hope, you know, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I hope everybody doesn't, you know, puts their darts away when I say this. I could not tell you what recognition I'm doing. I, I, and, I, again, I hope they're like, oh, goodness, are you saying this on a podcast? I am because I can't tell you. It, it's almost like the uh, – now, I'm not saying I'm the Michael Jordan of Nurtured Heart, but, you know, Michael Jordan, it's hard <laughs> for him to coach because he played the game and he lived it. You know, it, 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 it's what it's like. When you begin breathing this thing in, I can only give you the experience that I'm breathing in. So I'm walking in Nurture Heart because that's become a part of how I communicate. So to be honest, I think the best recognition to teach is the one that you say and the one that you use. And, and, and it's almost better and it's almost better not to get people so, uh, you know, uh, so segmented. And, uh, and, and put in these compartments of, okay, I'm using this now, I'm using that now, because it just won't work. You know, after a while, when someone's playing sports, they can't tell you what they do. They just keep playing the game. So I think when it comes to the recognition and teaching those, you have to recognize that the recognitions are, uh, are, are part of what it is, but don't get hung up in it. Now, again, this is just me. This is a guy who's working on something called <laughs> nurturing hearts in hard places. Because to me, mm-hmm. if you if you continue to try to uh, you know standardize standardize tests, nurture heart, you're gonna get the same sort of results that we see when it comes to other sorts of standardized tests. It'll become you know uh, almost anti-cultural. It will almost become against how we move and think. So I know I'm, I'm rambling on, but that's what it comes down to me. What it comes down to me is how you live this thing out. And so when I'm I'm when I'm training individuals or, or groups or churches or anyone else, I'm often I'm I'm doing recognitions as they come in and you know eat their donuts and drink their coffee. I'm now starting to be, open that conversation up so that, that by the time we really begin the lesson and even start teaching recognitions, they go, oh shoot, that's what you were doing then. That's what you were but doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't feel like I I'm making it up. So uh, I, I hope that an- I know I answered it without answering it, but my thing is don't get hung up in the recognitions. Just do it. You answered that beautifully. I mean, you're 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 sticking with being your transparent, authentic self, and all of your answers point back in that same direction, which is live it, breathe it, be it, and it will do what it needs to do. It will it will translate to the world, whatever community you're teaching in what they need to hear from it. That's what the, the beauty of Nurtured Heart is. As long as you are living it, breathing it, and being the Nurtured Heart approach, nothing else matters. It doesn't matter which, um, which uh, recognition you are using. It doesn't, it, none of that matters. It kind of melts away and 
strips down to the essence of, again, who we are on the inside, and that's what counts. So I appreciate your um, transparency, and even though you felt like, uh-oh, maybe I shouldn't be saying this on a podcast, no, I disagree. I think that, <laughs> I think that what you said um, is, is very real, and it's true. I mean, I, I agree, 100% wholeheartedly agree. You know, when I'm, when I'm using Nurtured Heart in my life, Well, first of all, I don't use Nurtured Heart in my life. Nurtured Heart is my life. It's who I am. Um, It's a part of who I am. It's a part of the culture that I live in, in my home. And I live and breathe it, you know. So I agree with you. I don't really think too much about what's coming out of my mouth, what words are flying out of my mouth. It's, it's, It's like Viviana, like what you said with the slippers, except it's the opposite, right? Like when you have learned the Nurtured Heart approach, you're, and you're deeply engrossed in it, embedded in it the words that come out of your mouth, you don't really even think about it because they're coming from your heart and they just fly out of your heart without even thinking. Um, and the difference. The between slippers, to fly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're letting it fly in a positive way. Right. Absolutely. And I, I was going to add, um, you know, from, from my point of view that, um, and I'm working with mostly, you know, the Hispanic moms when I'm thinking of like my, parent training, there's, you know, some, a few dads sprinkled in there, but they're very, very good at noticing things. <laughs> and usually, of course, not, it's not just in the Hispanic community, but usually we're really good at noticing the negative things. So once, you know, these families realize, like, oh, I'm already really good at noticing more of the realization of that and how you're using it, that that shift uh, happens. So those... Um, techniques, you know, the experiential and all that, all of those become much easier once that shift of like, oh, it's that a home moment. If I'm doing this already, I'm really good at nitpicking, like, oh, you have no makeup on, or oh, you look too fat, or you're too skinny, or whatever it is that, um, you know, we're being criticized for. Mm-hmm. We're already really good at that, so I think that awareness is when I see the biggest shift, and then these moms and, you know, families and even dads start saying, oh, well, then I could say, to my child and I can say hey you did do this right because like I said the passion in our community is already there um, we're already so connected about our you know with our families we're all about family so that to me becomes easier uh, working in with Hispanic communities and in the Hispanic cultures because we already have that sense of I don't know who you are I've never met you but you speak Spanish and all of a sudden we're family um, and that is something that I truly cherish about uh, working in, in the communities that I work in is that you know, we don't have to go through this, like, get to know you period. It's like, I heard pozole, and all of a sudden I'm coming over. Um, so that's, you know, the beauty is just feeling safe enough to have that moment where they go, oh, I'm, I'm doing this already just in a way that isn't serving myself. It's mm-hmm. not serving the family. It's not serving my child. Um, and then all of a sudden they start with their examples. And, I mean, if I had to choose one that they do more, you know, it's, um, you know, active and also the experiential is saying, what do you, what do you see? Because they do it so much anyway, right? Like you didn't pick up that sock. Um, and now they can say, oh, you picked up one of your socks. <laughs> that shows me mm-hmm. on your way to picking up the other one. Um, you know, in Espanol, claro. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's been a beautiful, uh, for me, it's been a beautiful experience to, you know, to instead of thinking back to my childhood and like, oh, this could have been different. It's giving me a given me a sense of this is what my mom knew. My mom did the best that she could with the tools that she had. 
um, mm-hmm. and, and it comes from a beautiful place of loving. Um, you know, sometimes it doesn't look so loving, but it, it really does come from that place. And so it's just giving our families and our communities the tools to do what they already do so well, uh, but to do it in a way that's more impactful and that, you know, especially in the societies that we live in today, our kids need to hear it desperately. Um, and I, I'm very grateful that I work in communities where, you know, parents show up, they take their kids to school, they walk their kids in. Um, I have mostly, even in, in schools where it's not, where it's maybe half and half Hispanic and, and you know, Caucasian mixed, um, I have the Hispanic parents are the ones that show up, 90% of them. So they, they are involved, they want to be more part of the process, and I'm very hopeful um, that the Nurtured Heart Approach will continue to be something that um, that helps to bridge, you know, we want to get parent involvement in schools because we know that parent involvement increases the likelihood of success for our, our children. And so the Nurtured Heart Approach, our, my Hispanic parents will knock down the door at the district offices demanding for this approach to be in their schools and in their districts. So um, wow. big hooray to my you know, um, to my families that have really been a huge part of spreading this in our area, you know, despite the fact that we bond over in Kukui and all the, you know, here come the dogs and all the things that we've all heard growing up, but there's that awareness of we can do better. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And that is, unfortunately, we have to end this discussion now. I'm really, um, uh, really enjoying, enjoying hearing your, both of your perspectives um, and I just want to honor you both for being so open and willing to share and your experiences and your wisdom. And I appreciate you for joining me today and for your willingness to help others learn how the Nurtured Heart Approach can be a universal or is a universal truth. So thank you both. And um if you have any last minute words of wisdom you want to share with um, with our podcast listeners, that would that would be great. Um, I'd love to hear from both of you a tangible tool for implementing or just any kind of thoughts you want to share. Duran? Um Okay, sure, I'll go. Uh, I, again, I just want to thank you, Stephanie, for uh, allowing this opportunity. It just shows your resourcefulness and your willingness to help. And if I had to give anyone some last-minute words when it relates to nurtured heart, I think it, it really goes down to making it as plain and simple as you can. Again, I am in, in Camden and Philly here on the East Coast, hardcore, quote-unquote. And um, with that same intensity, I often call uh, the, the nurture heart approach uh, the thug approach. Um, and uh, I think I said the thug approach, you know, and it's really pretty much the heart you give, um, yeah. or the heart understands greatness, um, and the heart really do understand greatness. So I, I, I believe that um, I've been afforded such um, great opportunities to present this because I understand that despite whatever hardships come on the way, whether I'm looking at a room full of um, children that need help. If I'm looking at a room for the educators, they all understand that the heart understands this greatness piece. It's going to express it differently, but make sure that it expresses it explicitly. So it's okay to be different. Just make sure that it's so explicit from your heart that it cannot be denied because love is a force that can never be denied. So, uh, again, of all you out there that's uh, using the approach or being the approach, I just would encourage you 
to just, you know, get as raw and authentic with it as you can because, you know, we all have our little nuances with it. You know, I call it the thug approach. I talk about, you know, the difference between someone going to college and jail, and I often talk about my wife and comparing her to J-Lo and how all those examples really um, have helped me uh, connect with people because it's who I am. So be use it. I know it's going to be cliche. I've said it 100 times on this broadcast, but make sure that your heart is understanding what it's saying so that other people understand your heart. Beautiful. Thank you, Duran. Viviana? Beautiful. Um, I would also like to say thank you to Stephanie and to the foundation um, for having, you know, this platform to discuss something that I think is so important. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping this is not the last of the discussions that we have um, as a community, energy heart community, about how we can help pull in. Um, you know, we have communities to reach, and I'm, I'm excited to, you know, hear more and more people of diverse backgrounds um, and cultures, you know, talking to their communities because that's how we get, you know, the change that we need, you know, to be authentic, to be, you know, trained, to be taught by people that you, you know, can see yourself in. It's, there's a big importance in that, um, you know, being true mm-hmm. to who you are, bringing those experiences that you understand um, to people that, that can connect with that. And I think that is what, how we, you know, most quickly build those bridges and open those doors. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a more diverse, representation of who we are um you know this is not you know just cookie cutter um you know for lack of a better word white people approach um like Duran said I agree this is thug you know I'm this mm-hmm. is you know you have to be you know fearless and you're going out there and you're you're reaching kids that you know and people that no one else could because you know it's it's that passion and that intensity that I don't you know, let burn out so that anyone else can feel comfortable. And that's what kids are attracted to. That's what adults and families are attracted to. It's like, wow, this, you don't have to be, not be you. Like the opposite of that, you have to be as fiercely you as you can be. Um, And when you are that, you allow others to do that as well. So I encourage anyone listening to this podcast, um, you know, to, to be that person and to help represent where you come from in your background and really open that door for all of us to be seen authentically. Yes, I love that. Be fiercely you. Very nice. All right. Just a reminder for our listeners, go to our website, childrensuccessfoundation.com, for more information on trainings in your area and for free resources. And Daron and Viviana, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was lovely sharing the radio waves with you today. You guys take care and have a great day. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Daron. Wonderful day to all of you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The pressure to innovate is constant. It can be crippling or it can be a catalyst for your best thinking and your best work. Every year, Harvard Business School Executive Education helps executives like you understand the forces that drive change and find new approaches to compete and win on innovation. Change course. Get ahead. Go. Start by going to hbs.me slash go. That's hbs.me slash go. Did you hear the news? Metro PCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long, all on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius.
During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4 p Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions.